The first PA program was started at Duke University in 1965 by Dr. Eugene Stead with four former Navy corpsmen. The core of the physician assistant profession started with the military, and PAs have continued to play an important role in every branch of the armed services, especially in times of combat. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and my guest today is Captain James Jones to discuss the role of physician assistants in combat, and in particular, the role they have played in Afghanistan and Iraq. Captain Jones, welcome to ReachMD. Uh, thank you, Lisa. Captain Jones, can you describe for us how the Army trains enlistees to become Army physician assistants? Well, the Army uses two sources. We have the inter-service physician assistant program that trains uh, approximately 80% of our requirements for the military. And then we also recruit from the civilian sector from civilian PAs that are in school and those that are practicing to join the active duty team as well as our reserve team to provide that care. Is the training different for physician assistants assigned to military combat zones? The uh, training is different. Prior to going into a combat zone, the military has a tactical combat medical care course that's in San Antonio that all PAs and actually all health care providers are required to go to before they deploy to a combat setting that teaches them the roles of the health care provider in regards to trauma and how that's going to differ from what you would do in a civilian hospital or even as a paramedic would experience when you're in a deployed setting with other requirements such as maintaining security for that patient and evacuation procedures. So they get an entire course that's designed to provide them detailed guidance on how to intubate how to prevent bleeding, how to prevent shock, which is different on a battlefield than it would be if they were injured in New York City, for example. And how are the medical teams created? The medical team for the PAs, they are the organic asset for military units. Unlike all other branches of the services, the physician assistant serves as the primary care provider and emergency provider within a battalion, which is about 800 to 1,000 people. And that PA is directly responsible for creating the structure for training as well as the requirements for that specific unit when they deploy. Most of the time, you'll have a PA and then a supervising physician that provides guidance as well as the uh, normal PA model to physician supervision. And then they have about 50 medics that are assigned to that unit that number varies depending on the size of the organization and what their mission is, but that's how that particular team is created for the primary care and emergency procedures at that level. So there's only one PA per battalion? It depends on the battalion. Some battalions have two and even up towards four PAs, depending on their mission style as well as the number of troops that are assigned. But on average, 500 to 1,000 soldiers are taken care of by one PA. And how many doctors in that group? Generally, there is usually one physician that supervises five to six Army PAs. So the, the medics are the workhorse of the battalion. That is correct. And how do the PAs and the medics work together on the team? This is an incredible relationship. They're uh, trained. Of course, the training is done by initial phase at Fort Sam Houston for the medics, which is also taught by PAs. And then they go to the unit, and it's continually reinforced by the training model where the PA works with that medic and continue to enhance their skill sets, doing checklists and making sure that they have the training as well as the skill sets to execute 
emergency procedures if they're in a deployed setting. And that relationship serves similar to way, the way that a PA and a physician work together since that PA supervises all medical aspects of their training as well as their medical care. So help us visualize the scene. We all think of MASH when we think of a combat zone. Is there something like that in Iraq and Afghanistan? It's very interesting. The uh, MASH TV show puts a lot of misnomers out there. There are some similarities in regards to, you know, obviously there, there's the fun times, there's the hard times, and of course it's life, and people have all the same type of issues that you see on MASH. But the big difference is, is that the quality of medical care that's offered in a deployed setting is very impressive. They have MRI capabilities, CT capabilities, they have neurosurgeons on staff. All of the specialties that you would find at a level one trauma center, you're going to have in a deployed setting to include lab work and capabilities. Of course, it requires sometimes moving soldiers to that hospital in order to provide that care. However, in most situations, the quality of care that that individual would receive is very similar and sometimes even better because of the context of how quick it's provided based on their location to the injury. Could you explain to us the average day for a PA in combat and a PA during peacetime? Okay, well, I'll start with the peacetime role. The peacetime role looks, that PA is very similar to what a civilian PA does. They generally work Monday through Friday. They put in usually about 45 to, to 60 hours, depending on what is their level of patient load. But they work in a normal clinic seeing routine patients with a variety of patient load from infant to elderly patients for both retirees and active duty soldiers and their family members get medical care within the system. So PAs are exposed to that, but their primary mission is to provide that care to the soldiers, which they focus on, and also training the medics. So a portion of their day, about 40%, is spent on working with that medic teaching them skill sets and that type of stuff. They generally don't have call. They don't work weekends as a general rule. So they have a very similar lifestyle. And then in a deployed setting, that, that situation changes somewhat, but a lot of the things that they do in the garrison environment transfer to this deployed setting. Most people would imagine that the PAs are just seeing trauma all day long, which is not the case. In a deployed setting, you're seeing most of its primary care type stuff the hypertension refills, back pains, the knee pains, all of that goes to the deployed setting and the, the PA is responsible for providing that. But their hours drastically increase while they're deployed. They generally work six days a week in their long days while they're in a deployed setting, and they rotate on emergency care. So there'll be several PAs and physicians within a team that are providing the care at one location, so they'll rotate on providing night coverage and day coverage. And in some situations where the PA is the provider with a unit that is not near those situations, they are on call all the time while they're deployed. So the deployed PA definitely works much harder than they do in the civilian sector, but the type of patient's changes only when a trauma patient comes in. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Captain James Jones, a physician assistant and manager of the military's physician assistant training program. We're discussing the role of physician assistants assigned to combat zones in the military. Captain Jones, when we think about a combat zone, we think about the front line. Are the physician assistants also in the front line? The physician assistant 
is when you talk about where they're placed on the battlefield, frontline in some cases, like for special forces, is different than the most PAs experience. The mass majority of PAs are in a situation where there is protection around them. They're not exposed to direct fire examples that a infantry soldier would experience on the front battlefield. However, PAs can be exposed to those type of situations, and so they're trained to how to handle that, defend themselves, and protect their patients. But the mass majority of PAs are set back a mile and a half to, so it depends on the situation where they would be located from where the actual troops are engaging in some type of conflict that would require health care. That's where the combat medic serves primarily. So could you tell us about the Qatar PA Trauma Symposium program? Yes, we had put the Trauma Symposium together, which was an event to bring all of the PAs that were in theater to one location to kind of reinforce some of the lessons learned that the PAs had experienced in various parts of the deployed environment and provide them some additional skill sets from emergency medicine physicians and others that had learned a variety of new procedures that will help save patients and get them back to a surgical location to provide definitive care. And so that symposium was designed to allow the PAs to come back and talk with each other and also to kind of relax and recover from the long-deployed setting. And we utilize that type of trauma symposium not only in Qatar, but we also see that in locations such as Baghdad, they're doing it throughout the theater, and they try to do at least one or two a year. What were the results of the survey? The surveys that were conducted during that trauma symposium were very beneficial to the senior leadership on developing additional training. One of the things that came out of this was the need for a tactical combat medical care course, which derived and is now in place. It's taught by physician assistants. And they actually teach physicians, nurse practitioners, all healthcare providers that come through the skill sets learned. And many of those developed from that trauma symposium. They also developed and created ways for us to share lessons learned and information from the variety of different exposures that the PAs had seen from patients, as well as techniques that they had personally developed that seemed to be very effective in the combat deployed setting. So let's talk about the deployment expectations for the PAs in the military. Is it any different than any other enlisted soldiers in the military? Are they there longer? Do they work more hours? They don't necessarily go more than other soldiers, but if you compare them to in the healthcare situation, the physician assistant is the third most deployed medical asset. And so If you compare that to an infantry soldier, they obviously are the most deployed setting. So PAs, on average, can anticipate in a three-year time frame that they will spend 12 months deployed at the current op tempo with the uh, war going on in Iraq and Afghanistan. And let's talk about when they finished their commitment with the military and if they decide to move on. How do the military PAs integrate into civilian medicine? I think there's a great integration. Uh, There are some limitations in regards to understanding the civilian billing cycle and how health care insurance works. The military, unfortunately, or you could look at it fortunate depending on which side of the, the fence you're on. When you're in the military, you don't have to worry about who's paying for the medications and lab tests and things like that. And I think it is a challenge for military or trained PAs who go into the civilian sector initially, there's a large learning curve for them to develop that skill set. And that's the most common reported limitation 
I think clinically they feel very confident in going forward and developing a clinical practice that's, you know, conducive to the civilian sector. And I think that portion of it, but the most major concern is, is understanding how to get reimbursement and to help the civilian practice prosper because in the military, of course, you don't have to worry about that. The civilian PAs can't figure that out either. <laughs> it's a challenge. Do the Army trained physician assistants work in the VA hospitals? They do. There's a, a large percentage of them that elect to take on a role within the VA and continue providing service, which is fantastic. But there's also a large percentage that move away from the military service altogether and do other things. I would like to thank our guest, Captain Jones, and all of the military medical professionals for taking care of our American heroes. I'm Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And thanks for listening.